I don't even tell them. Like, I'm recording now. And you just got to. Oh, yeah. You just got to get onto it. Okay. Intervention podcast. Is that two people? Three. Three. Oh, my God. It's uh, Nick, oh. Steve, and Levi. Today I was listening and I thought it was just one person and then Mike. And then there were so many different voices. And I'm like, oh, what's happening? Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> well, they all, well, I guess they also post those live ones, right? I really liked what they had to say. To be fair, I guess they're a lot, like, way more often than I deserve, too, so. Sit back in your seats, get something to eat, and watch this movie. Don't let the kids see it, because, well, let, let, we'll let you hear the uh, Thank you. All right, this week on Left of the Projector... We are talking about 1985 film Back to the Future, and joining me to discuss, I have Mike from the Turn Leftist podcast, and I have Caitlin and Cullen from Caitlin's Conspiracy Corner podcast. Thank you for joining today. What's going on? Hello, we're so excited. Very excited to talk about almost getting a BJ from your mom. Yeah, <laughs> and finding out that your dad's a pervert and a peeping tom yes yes well i mean maybe he changed his ways after he uh his future was changed which will that's true well, uh, yeah that's the that's the thing about this movie i mean i'll just quickly say kind of my this is one of my probably all-time favorite movies trilogies it's just always been there you know other than lord of the rings trilogies go Maybe the original Star Wars trilogy, like those are like the the Mount Rushmore of uh, of trilogies. But I don't know. I know. Uh, I think was it you did Colin pick this off the the list of movies? I can't remember, but yeah, I think this was on my short list. But I I agree that you know we'll probably make fun of it quite a bit. But I love this trilogy a lot, and uh, yeah, especially the first one. The second one was my favorite growing up, but hasn't Same. aged super well. But uh, yeah, watching this last night uh, at the last minute, um, I realized that like I, whenever I, we, whenever you guys decided on doing this one, I was like, I don't want to do that. That was boring. <laughs> <laughs> but then we started watching it. I was more like, I don't want to do that one because I don't know anything about it. And then we started like watching it, and I started remembering like all of the facts that cullen has told me over the years randomly about back to the future and i'm like i know so much about this movie that i don't fucking care about because of this autistic ass bitch <laughs> info dumping non-stop about it so I do, I do know a lot about it that's what i do that's what i bring to this relationship i think i said where we're going we don't need roads probably eight hundred thousand times in my life just it's <laughs> I mean, among other lines, but that's always a, a standby. And Mike, can I, I'm going to out Mike. You said you love the third one, which I also like, but I think it's... I mean, I love them all. Well, actually, so this is my really guilty thing, is that I cannot still tell the difference between the second and third one. Like, what is the second one, and which is the old Western one? The second like, one is, they go 30 years in the future, so it's not 2015. Okay. What's the third one? Yeah, I just know that the other sequels, I like them equally. The third yeah. one is the old West one, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just like both the sequels equally. The original, I just, I guess I probably would always think is the best. Um, and I like Back to the Future for mostly nostalgic reasons, like when I was younger. Um, but then as I get older, I would mostly use 
Back to the Future, either just for quotable situations, because there's so many quotes, like, um, you know, just the fucking line would always come up at band practice of all reasons, like, um, oh, you want a Pepsi, son, you're going to pay for it. Or, um, like, just making fun of his life preserver, like, what do you think, you're going to float away? Or, like, when he walks in the diner, like, the idea that a vest is, like, weird. But then I find that in my recent years, I've mostly referenced Back to the Future because you're talking about the future that people thought they were going to have. Uh, when you're talking about like hoverboards or like flying cars and then you're like oh actually like we have more like the back to the future where everything's just gambling and like shoddy suburbs and drug additions and everything it's like um that's because i'm always doing communist things online so it's it's all agenda boasting yeah that's the the thing that i noticed i noticed this before but i really was like paying attention this time is you look at the i mean well we can talk about the plot but the 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 past nineteen fifty five I feel like that's sort of like uh, I I sort of saw it this time as this is what like conservatives want as the the future like their past is just kind oh, of what absolutely. they want this uh, you know white supremacist patriarchy in you know just a fever dream of whatever you want to call it and that's that's perfect that's perfection for them and a fictionalized version right like that's the thing is like you go back um the scene where he wakes up and you hear mr sandman playing and he's walking around that really clean little town square and you have all these like mom and pop shops like the stationary shop when you need to go get something printed or whatever um it's an idealized version but it's revanchist it's like this past never existed and then even when it did exist it wasn't great for people like the guy who you tell him that he could be mayor someday and his eyes light up because the very idea of that is just so foreign to him and Evan, you pointed out to me in the the side chat, like just how many things he changes and you compared Marty McFly to like the Forrest Gump. And I thought that was such a great thing because it is pretty much like the whole thing of the movies that he goes back in time, changes a bunch of things with his little subtle machinations here and there. But the fact that you like started to list them all and I'll save it for you to like actually do the listing. But like there were way more. more. I mean, mean, Colin, if you've seen this movie a number of times, I'm sure you'll think of one that I have missed. Sorry, I just had to uh, go deal with our crazy <laughs> French bulldog. I missed what you guys were talking about. Oh no, She's we, very we, well, we were talking. Well, Mike very was, confused. Well, Mike was talking about how <laughs> just how, well. First, I was mentioning kind of the the 1950s era part of this movie is very much like what a conservatives kind of want as their actual lives, and then also the, on top of it, how many different things that Marty influences or invents. And I was reading the list of some of them to him, and I was saying I, probably ones that I missed that are kind of like subtle. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So what were some of the ones that you were thinking of? Well, ob- the right, obvious well, I'll, thing Oh, yeah. I'll just, I'll lay out, the- I'll lay out all these ones and we can talk about some of the, the other things. So I've got skateboard, rock and roll. He technically invents time travel because he's the one who goes back in time to tell Marty, Mc- to tell Doc about the time machine. So I guess he invents time travel. He invents his dad's book. He technically invents Star Wars and Star Trek, right? Because the, he uses, Planet Vulcan and uh, Darth Vader. Biff's business, which is like a car business, right? He smashes his car and somehow becomes interested in detailing cars. And also he makes the mayor, the uh, the, the Goldie becomes mayor because of his, you know, words. Suggestion. Suggestion. True. Yeah. Yeah. But like, so in true white man fashion, he goes back and just gives all the inventions that someone else did <laughs> to those same people. And then they invent them again. Like Yes. And to be fair, probably Star Trek and Star Wars don't exist anymore because now all that stuff is in his dad's book. Oh, shit. That's true. 
so he because you couldn't name something Darth Vader if it already is in his book, right? Oh man, so that's different. (laughs) Now, see, I think this is the actual danger that we really get into having an episode on Back to the Future without being total dorks about it, because I guarantee there's so much online video essay and like YouTube stuff about like the multiverse theory and where it interacts with Back to the Future and how it's like not consistent. Uh, with the with how he goes back in time and changes so many things and just like who fucking cares dude like just stop like you're just being a dork I was I was watching this movie the other on Sunday with my daughter she had seen it once before but she was rewatching it and it was kind of interesting to see her reaction to some of these things it's definitely different you know I look think at the beginning like isn't it weird that Doc is friends with a 17 year old boy like that that alone Ooh, yeah was that weird <laughs> <laughs> Mike's like, I got all kinds of 17-year-old friends. Wait, I had so many, like, you you guys didn't have, like, a bunch of older, like, really kooky scientist friends when you were, like, a teenager? What state are they in? Because maybe 17 is cool, man. (laughs) Yeah. It was the the 80s. So I think it's less. That's true. It is the the weirdest part of the movie. Why is it got to be sexual, you guys? See, you're giving leftists a bad name. (laughs) (laughs) Can't it just be innocent, like, science fun? He's just just teaching them about physics. Yeah, it would make more sense if he's like a teacher or something mm-hmm. or like, like, how do they even know each other? That's what I was confused about. I thought there was like some background that Cullen was going to give me. And then he was like, no, they just, it was never explained. They just know each other. And I don't like that. They also don't explain where he got his sort of family fortune, even in the older movie, you know, like in the original or sorry, the yeah third movie. They don't ever say, it. you know, he just clearly it's- has like a trust fund or something. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, yeah, it's like only mentioned in like there's some headline or something that you see briefly that says there was a fire or something where he, and like he squandered all of his family fortune or something. But it's never yes. explained like who he is or like. OK, so this is the actual thing that would make sense with the going back in time theory is that in the third one, when they go back to the old west, it's like Doc Emmett Brown has a bunch of inventions that he could reasonably make some money on and passed down through generations to create his family of fortune whereas like the mcflies are a bunch of fucking just irish immigrants who all they're doing is what are they farming dirt out in, like they have this little shack it's like sorry guys like they just don't they don't have any inventions they got potatoes yeah maybe so maybe it's part three right doesn't he end up staying in the old west he does and then he eventually invents the the steam-powered time machine. Yeah. There it is. Can't believe so he's probably one. like... <laughs> he did the man who fell to earth but to himself. I don't know, like a slave owner or something in the old... In uh, part three, <laughs> and we just don't see that. Hey, he at least <laughs> had the part four we don't, we oh, no. don't see. Part oh, no. four. Part four of the Civil War. <laughs> which side was Marty... Uh, which side was Marty and Doc on? <laughs> it's about states' rights, Marty! <laughs> we gotta go back. <laughs> Oh, yeah. we don't need roads because we're just making people carry stuff anyway. <laughs> well, we make someone else make the roads, the railroads, yeah. I guess, in this case. <laughs> well, the, the the other like random things that I noticed more this time, especially thinking of it kind of in the theme of my the podcast is they refer like he gets a bunch of Iranian, not Iranian. Uh, where the the. Libyans. He gets a Libyan, Libyans, like, yeah. he refers to like Libyan terrorists to build them a bomb and he, you know, builds them a shoddy fake bomb. Like, the Libyans. <laughs> I love that that was a thing you could just say in the 80s. Like, that's not right. offensive. Yeah, or controversial. The, there's no way you could do that. Well, maybe, maybe soon. I don't know. Yeah, we went on a little deep dive of Libya last night 
By deep dive, we read like a paragraph on Wikipedia. (laughs) Um, That's as deep as we go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No stone uncovered. Um, Yeah, but he refers to them as Libyan terrorists and Libyan nationalists. Um, But I don't know a whole lot about Libyan um, history to understand like in 1985 why the choice of the writers to pick Libya as their Islamophobic caricature. Yeah, and why were they in the U.S.? Is that a thing that, like, terrorists were hiding out in the U.S.? <laughs> That's probably a fear. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, security was, like, notoriously lax during the Cold War, so... Like. That's so true. <laughs> well, he mentions, like, he doesn't know how they were able to find him, so they, they... Presumably, he had to have built the bomb, the fake bomb in America. Would he, like, send it to them in the mail? You know, just mail them a <laughs> g- giant bomb or something? It's... Then yeah. there's a little uh, return address garage next to Burger King. There are some there are some holes in this. That's okay. Yeah. Well, that's the thing when you say, Mike, when you, if you like get really into the deep of, you know, like you go on like subreddits for it, you'll get all the like the time travel inconsistencies, how many in like the later movies, how many different time machines exist at any one moment. Because at some point there's like four of them mm. in different moments in time. I mean, that's not even to mention all the the thing where, like, what's the paradox where, like, if you interact with the past version or future version of yourself, then it, like, bends time and, like, everything fucks up and you just, like, ruin all of humanity and the universe. It's like, just stop, bro. It's like, <laughs> like, to be clear, like, we are that podcast that's in the middle. It's like, we're going to be just having fun with it. We don't have to get too serious about it. It's like, um, yeah, I just really don't want to bother with all that nerd shit because that <laughs> totally defeats the whole purpose of, like, a, a Zemeckis movie, right? Like... Oh, I was just going to say my favorite uh, Reddit theory, and I know we're talking about the first one, but it's in the second movie where Doc Brown shows up, I think two or three times, like just in the nick of time to save Marty in the time machine. And the theory is that if he knows exactly where to go just in time to save Marty, that means that in the second movie, Marty probably dies several times and then Doc Brown shows up and is like, fuck, and has to go, like, keep going back and, like, trying multiple times. That makes sense, actually. So he's really messed with, messed, messed with the time-space continuum or oh, yeah. whatever they call it. Well, one, one of the things I was thinking about is, because I think uh, when you first see the town, you know, the they go see the clock tower and he's, you know, meeting his girlfriend and sort of before the, you know, he meets Doc later that night in the parking lot like you do. You just go to the parking lot at the mall to test out time machines. You know, that's, yeah. You know, by the Jay-Z Penny. But <laughs> they, like, I feel like the town that he lived in was like the neoliberal hell that was like part of the 1980s. You know, everywhere. You think of mall culture and you think of just the town like didn't look very nice. You have this old decaying clock tower like in 30 years they couldn't find a little bit of money how much does it cost to fix a clock i don't know it just it just seemed like yeah. this reagan era because they have the reagan joke later and it's very like reaganite decaying neoliberal hell right what did you say about reagan oh yeah that's the kind of lore of that line and evan what you're mentioning is the line where he says who's the president ronald reagan and okay well who's the vice president jerry lewis and the lore is that when Ronald Reagan saw that in the theater, he loved it so much that he requested that they roll back 
the uh, the film several times so he could rewatch it. <laughs> what a fucking he he used that off. line in the State of the Union address, actually. Did he? He referred oh, to there are amazing. there were going there are no roads in the State of the Union address. Never has there been a more exciting time to be alive, a time of rousing wonder and heroic achievement. As they said in the film, Back to the Future, where we're going, we don't need roads. An actor being narcissistic? No. <laughs> An and actor not Reagan. who like became president very much in the style of Trump, like well, it's actually pretty like astute kind of comment by Doc at that moment where he's saying like, "No wonder your president has to be an actor because he had to be good on TV." And it's actually true. I mean, that's how someone like Reagan could become elected. No, it's funny, and Evan. Until you just said it, I didn't realize that you're pointing out it's like the neoliberal hellscape. But this movie came out in '85. It was yeah, '85. So that's like supposedly the peak of neoliberalism that's like when it was the best it's like it trailed downward from that point on and then even in the 90s like people are looking back like 90s nostalgia is huge right now i don't know if you guys realize but that is a big thing if you guys want a page to pop off on tiktok tiktok ugh, tiktok i, I like love that you said, said that so many times in our friendship so many yeah, times. yeah i did that yeah i do it a lot <laughs> I'm old, you guys. I'm not. I'm not trying to hide it. Like um, <laughs> when Ward was like Mike's. But what I'm saying is, like, '90s era. nostalgia is. <laughs> so um, nostalgia is really big because things are like in a steady decline. But like the the idea that people were realizing that as it was happening, like during Reagan, to have suburbs where they're like they had the newspapers flying by like tumbleweeds. They were showing homeless people even in the town in like the '80s. Um, his suburb doesn't look all that great, and suburbs were supposed to be like where it's at. But they were purposely trying to show that like. He's in the shitty part of the suburb until he comes back in the future when he's better off, when he has the truck, when he has, like, somebody working for him in his driveway and his parents are successful authors and everything as opposed to, like, the first time around when they didn't do it right. And because it was, like, individually based, it's not that, like, he changed the culture or anything. He changed it for his family, for his individual circumstances. But still, like, it is a good astute observation on the director and producer part, like, to to recognize that neoliberalism was heading in that direction and pointed out even back then because – that's definitely not the image that people have when they look back on it from our point of view today. He actually says when he when he comes back at the end of the movie and he returns back to 85, he says everything looks great when he looks around and there's like, you know, people on house, people lying on benches, like gambling halls, like triple X theaters. To him, that is great. So maybe it's just his version of what great is. I don't know. Yeah, well, he's got like a cool truck and his girl likes him a little more. So it's all good for him. I did notice this watch uh, that maybe I'm putting too much deep meeting. <laughs> this watch was the first time I noticed that the um, the porn theater, the movie showing is called Orgy American Style. And I was just wondering <laughs> what the fuck that means. Yeah. <laughs> American style, you know, well, our kind of orgies. <laughs> and also when he arrives in 1955, I forgot to look this up, but as he's walking into town, there's a sign for a movie that's playing, and it's a Ronald Reagan movie. Yeah, yeah, and Barbara Stanwyck. Yeah, I Which, don't remember like, what movie. What do you know what the movie is? No, Ronald Reagan <laughs> fucks America. <laughs> I don't know. It's orgy American style. But yeah, that, yeah, maybe that was a that was a. <laughs> he was referring to the the 1980s Ronald Reagan cabinet. Literally, the only thing I know about Barbara Stanwyck is that she used to ride like a horse side saddle in movies and that was like her thing and i was like waiting for some other kind of like reference to barbara stanwick in the movie because reagan is on is obviously referenced but um i didn't see anything but uh 
Yeah, that's my two cents on Barbara Stanwyck. Again, boomer moment. Thank you so much, Mike. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna find out what this movie is. Would have been 1955, right? Uh, they didn't. Mm, I don't know if they had a movie that came out that year together. That they'd have to be right. The the Violent Men. Let's see. That has, this is also where all the nerds, like the Back to the Future heads, are like raging in their seats. Like, of course, it's the fictional universe that <laughs> is made up for these guys. Like, oh, um, I mean, it could have been. I don't see a, a movie, at least at my first glance. Maybe it was like just a joke about Reagan because Reagan. Maybe they're just were too popular. You know, they're too popular movie stars in the 1950s. And the joke doesn't really land if Ronald Reagan, she's Ronald Reagan. That movie poster doesn't register as funny otherwise. It's called Cattle Queen of Montana. Oh, man. I didn't. That was the one right before the one I looked at. So there you go. American Western film, as most of his were. I've never seen a Ronald Reagan movie before. I haven't either. Same. Was he kind of, he was kind of like a B movie guy though, right? Was they weren't exactly like, they weren't, you know, it was like the tier below John Wayne and and the like, but he parlayed that into being governor of New York, of uh, New York, California, a long tradition of actors to be governors of California. (laughs) I guess there's just two of them. (laughs) Not a long tradition. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know like what I mean, rather than like going through the whole plot of this movie, I feel like is what we what I might do for, you know, movies that are maybe more complex. I don't know. You can anyone can maybe I don't know, chime in on any of their I don't know, like favorite scenes in this movie. I mean, we also should have to talk about the creepy scene where, you know, McMarty is with his mom in the car, too. Ugh. But there's there's just so many classic. Every scene is just a funny scene. <laughs> so just pick I mean, one of them. <laughs> So part of the reason I also don't like to get bogged down in like the nerd stuff about it is because it ignores the art of the movie. Like it's the the cinematic part of it, which is like, just realize that the time travel is just a plot device so that you can explore themes and like, um, talk about stuff that like you couldn't have, like, it's more interesting to me to talk about why the directors make someone make the mom character so hot if incest is bad. It's like, why are you guys doing that? It's like, that says more to me about the director and producer than anything you're going to say about time travel. It's just like watching a Tarantino movie and seeing all the feet. It's like, what's going on here? Like, it's like, what was that meme that I've seen forever ago? It's like, um, the writer's barely disguised fetish. And it's like the title card of a movie. It's like, that's, that's what I think is more interesting than like the intricacies of the time travel universes. That's fair. Yeah. It's weird. It's really weird. It's certainly What strange. was the line? Okay, Cullen got like a, a big chuckle um, out of, okay, whenever the dad, yeah. what's his name, Crispin Glover, who who did phenomenal Glover, yeah. in this movie. He is so pathetic that I was like struggling because I don't want to see someone be treated like shit and then act it out so well. Like he was so, oh, he broke my heart. Oh my God. He's such a weird man, but he really like bummed me out. Like every time I see this, it just bums me out. Um, and Cullen was like, well, wait till the end. Cause he's going to get his comeuppance. And I was like, I don't want to wait till the end. I don't want to sit through a whole movie watching him be pathetic. It makes me so sad anyways. So Crispin Glover is, you know, being a peeping Tom. I can't figure out who he was peeping at this point. Like, is this the mom? Is this the mom that he ends up marrying? Well, who's the mom? Is it Leah Thompson? Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought it was. I thought he was like people. But her. then this it's the hard to man tell. that runs over him. 
who says like oh yeah driving too fast for that to be his house well but he then he looks over there and he's like um he like calls out to her so i think the man lives there at that house but he what does he say like oh he says another, another one? one of those damn kids jumped in front of my car <laughs> so like a bunch of, a bunch of <laughs> this guy's people. just driving drunk hitting kids <laughs> well a bunch of people are look are like being peeping toms and looking at this lady's titties and that is really funny. That's really funny, like, thinking about, like, the everyone, all of these boys are, like, up in this tree doing the same thing. That's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I do love maybe that they're looking at hit, Maybe they're looking at the, his mom's, maybe looking at the grandma. Or like, oh, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> and that's fine. That's fine. Sexy. Let's go there, Evan. <laughs> Marty's. Well, they never, show, they never show Leah Thompson's face. So I'm always, I am always confused of, is this like the neighbor across the street or they never explicitly say. Yeah, that's true. You think of like a small town that like every kid, like every kid, the kids live in every house along, you know, your little street. So it could have been any of the. Again, this is also before they had Tic Tac. <laughs> <laughs> that was on purpose. <laughs> Yeah, and then later they're like, he's like, oh, what were you doing in the tree? Bird watching? He's like, yeah, I'm sure that this 17-year-old kid in, mm-hmm. and, you know, was bird watching. I don't know. He's a pretty big nerd. He could have been bird watching. <laughs> that's true. He's very... Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Nothing wrong with bird watching. Yeah, that, there's that, a lot wrong yeah. with bird watching. To go back to your point, Caitlin. You losers. You bird watching losers. I think one of the great things about this is how relatable all of these characters are. Like, Crispin Glover, like, he plays the awkward, uh, just, like, underdog, like, quote unquote nice guy but like the real version of that I yeah. guess well actually no because yeah he's, he's the nice guy tongue. because he's still a peeping yes. tongue he's still a creep but like he just thinks he's like the nice guy who just can't compete with like and again also the fucking alpha male is even worse of a dick like <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it's um I just think it's funny because like they all are kind of relatable like it feels relatable I think every person has at some point in life been an awkward Crispin Glover character or at least felt that way no. but then also <laughs> felt like a champion no no you not felt me. that awkward caitlin no. <laughs> oh, okay well never mind biff <laughs> yeah it, it's funny you were mentioning the different characters i i was noting down like at the beginning when before he goes back in time uh biff comes over and he shows like he totaled his car and he's you know his mart he's uh, uh marty's dad's christmas glover's boss making him do his work and the thing i wrote uh, that i wrote down was you know that this is like the microcosm of like the boss capitalist who doesn't do any work and makes all their, all their like subjects do all the work for him. So he's, you know, coasting along in school. He made him do his homework. He's just kind of like, yeah, I'm not going to do anything. The dream. I don't know. It's the dream. That's American the dream. dream. Yep. Um, speaking of Crispin Glover, though, I have to mention that post this movie, um, was responsible for some new SAG union rules um, about usage of um, uh, clips from that were filmed for a previous movie but released in another movie. So um, he was so the the producer Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis have kind of maintained that Crispin Glover was. Um, an issue to deal with while making the movie. But um, he, Crispin Glover states that where that comes from is the last scene of the movie. He had a lot of issues with the materialism as kind of being the, 
um, reward at the end of the film rather than like an emotional reward. So rather than focusing on like the confidence that his, like his character's arc um, and Marty's relationship with his parents and seeing his parents happy for the first time, that's very brief. And then it's all about the truck. So Crispin Glover made a pretty big, um, or had a pretty big issue with that and was refusing to film the last scenes um, and eventually compromised. I don't know exactly what was changed of what was scripted, but there was some sort of compromise that happened. Um, and then they used that um, as a way to, uh, when the sequel came around, to really undercut what they were going to pay Crispin Glover to come back. Um, whereas everyone else was making much more than he was, I think, which really was a tactic to get him to say no thank you or, or try to renegotiate. And they um, had an excuse of, well, we asked and um, he didn't come back. But what they ended up doing was they used um, alternate takes from the first film and then they hired another actor and put makeup on him and had him do a Crispin Glover impersonation. So in part two, whenever you see Crispin Glover, it's either um, it was either filmed on the last movie um, or it's a completely different actor just with makeup on and, and doing an impression. Um, but he sued the studio for, I think, like seven hundred and sixty thousand dollars in one. Um, and now there are new union rules that if you utilize any sort of um, uh, uh, like. Yeah, if you use your likeness or if you use clips from another movie and release it on another film that you have to you have to negotiate and pay that actor for um, additional work. What's even more insane about that story is that the the scene where Doc is on the top of the clock tower and kind of puts the little metal hook around the thing and then, you know, slides down. They use that clip in all three movies. But the stunt person who did it only recorded it one time and they paid him for all three. So apparently it was okay that they paid right. him three times, but it actually just makes it even more the fact that they just did not like Crispin Glover. Yeah. yeah. I also imagine the stunt guy's probably a lot more underpaid than Crispin Glover. Oh, I'm but. sure. Yeah. Crispin Glover was offered 125K for the second movie and he wanted 250 and they wouldn't give it to him. I mean, that's like, seems reasonable. I mean, did any of you guys happen to know, like, does Crispin have any uh, history of being a comrade? Because it sounds like he was being pretty based in that situation. Like he was really pushing for the right know. thing there. That's yeah, like literally seeing the future of AI as it's happening. Like I feel like Crispin Glover is like a, like in the a 80s weird things, like, mystical creature. I see so many like weird or like you occasionally see something about him and it's like the weirdest thing you've ever seen. Yeah, he's a pretty strange. <laughs> he's a pretty strange dude. So unfortunately, I think any... You know, trying to do a deep dive on on him and his worldview is probably mostly going to be people talking about how weird they think he is. <laughs> what, what was yeah. the rat movie? That's the only other thing oh, I know about. Oh, him Willard. This. Yeah, there you go. That's he, like the only thing I associate with him, other he, than Back to the Future. Wasn't he in the um, that American God series? I think I never yeah. actually saw. Ooh, it. I just know he was in it. He was also in which Friday the Thirteenth was he in? Was that the second one? Uh, part, the final chapter. Yeah, part four. When he is dancing, oh my god, incredible. I'll send you a clip, Mike. It's like my favorite thing in the world. (laughs) He's 
Incredible I just Good. watched that movie recently. It's so good. I'd forgotten he was in it. Yeah, Chris, but I think what makes like almost him being like kind of like a strange person in real life, I feel like the way he acted in the movie is also kind of strange. I think in the interviews, people say like his mannerisms were very odd and just, yes. but I think it's perfect. I think yes. no, no other person would have made that. He's so that, awkward uh, that he played an awkward nerd really well. Have you ever seen that clip of him like yeah. freaking out on a talk show? Wow. it's weird it's weird i'll send it to you guys everyone look it up i don't know i think it was like sorry our french bulldog screaming in the background because we just got popeyes um but <laughs> <laughs> i went to olive garden to eat my feelings today so now cullen is like using that as his excuse to get popeyes um what's the talk show that crispin glover was on um, where he's on uh david letterman and um he, I don't know the name of the movie, but he was in like an indie movie and he showed up dressed as the character that he was playing. And I think his intention was just to be like weird and just act like the strange character. But um, clearly like David Letterman's pretty pissed off about it. So it's like a, just a really awkward. It's weird. Exchange. It's like he's on, it's like he's having a really bad acid trip. Yeah. It's similar to like, if you remember Joaquin Phoenix did something similar Yes. Which turned out to just be a scene from a movie he was going to do. But it's it's a similar thing where he's he's in costume. He's playing a character and Letterman's just like not having it. But did you say it was called Willard? Is that the movie? Willard is the is the like rat horror movie. But oh, that's the one you were talking about. Yeah. So it wasn't. That no, movie it's not movie. that. I can't okay. remember what the name of name of it is. He has a lot of credits. He's been in a lot of movies, but never really became what I would say as much of a. A star. True, and I, I feel like the bad rap he got from Gale and Zemeckis probably had an impact on him getting more roles after yeah. Back to the Future. Because I mean, really, he's like incre- he's incredible in that movie, and you'd think that would have like shot him into some sort of stardom. But and I'm sure he had a reputation too. Is like he's you know I, after the lawsuit, especially. I feel like as much as he had a say in the last scene, like the the neoliberal individualist rewards for the McFly family, he probably should have tried to say more about the the white knight scene, where it's just like just beat up the potential rapist <laughs> guy, which is like I mean I guess good, but like, um, yeah, I mean the whole scene just feels very just like I mean I guess it's supposed to be fifties sounding. Is that I guess that's the vision that people had of the fifties in the eighties. Um, I don't know. I mean, what, what do you think our vision of the 50s and 80s is now? Do you think that we should say that it was definitely that bad in the 50s, but then also still that bad in the 80s and then also probably still that bad today? And also that like white knighting is not the thing that's needed. It's more just like, um, how about just like teach Biff to stop being Biff? Like just in general, <laughs> not even just the raping part, but just in general, like just go to therapy, Biff. Like what's the overall theme for like what Biff should be doing and like what fucking Crispin Glover should tell Biff to do like other than punching him Menorah's fine I guess Menorah's hmm. harmless I mean yeah how do you get yeah, Biff's character is so weird oh you're gonna say something Caitlin? not really just like how do you get a, someone like Biff to become in touch with his emotions <laughs> emotions other than yeah, anger Biff's the incel Biff Biff is like before there was Joe Rogan podcast oh, he yeah. was just like hanging out yeah. with his bros drinking in like the, the junkyard oh yeah 
but he but he started a small business, so there you go. Good for him. <laughs> uh, still Joe Rogan he pulled himself up like by his <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is too, is like Biff isn't changed for the better at the end. He's just now he's just scared of Crispin Crispin Glover and I'm sure just as fucking shitty as he was before. Yeah, he just treats everyone else that way, just not Martin, not right. yeah, George McFly. Yeah, he's gonna continue the cycle of abuse. That's not a happy ending. Yeah, fuck this movie. Yeah, no. <laughs> let's write a letter. <laughs> the the one the one note I I remember from the like one of the best lines too in the movie maybe is when he says like make like a tree and get out of here. Apparently that was an improv line like that was not in the script and he just said that. What does it That's mean? Amazing. Which I I almost like don't believe that, but supposedly it's true. What is his name? Uh, Thomas Wilson. Yeah. So who knows? And he's he's fucking. And awesome Butthead also was too. apparently improved. Hell yeah. Oh. Yeah, he's so good. Really, he is like, really... there isn't a bad performance in this movie, which I think is partly why, you know, the pacing of the movie and every performance makes it hold up pretty well. Who was the original guy that was going to play Marty McFly? Uh, Eric Stoltz. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't have worked with him. I like how, how like, I don't know, gentle Michael J. Fox is. Yeah, and the... He's just like silly. He's a silly. Right. He's all. He's like so tiny and bouncing around everywhere. Um, you know. He yeah. He's got like little gnome vibes, and I don't think Eric Stoltz could ever no. touch that. And there's so there's like photos and like a couple of clips without sound of Eric Stoltz, but apparently all the footage still exists. It hasn't been destroyed, which was pretty common back then. Um, and Bob Gale has said eventually he's going to release. Oh my God. He's going to release it. But the forty year forty year DVD. Right? <laughs> but uh, the explanation that I've heard that kind of gives the best like view of what Eric Stoltz was doing um, was he <laughs> he had more of a like approach of well I think Leah Thompson said like he was talking about like, oh, I, I see this as like a tragedy. Like I'm back in time and it's sad. And so he had much more of <laughs> like, a, he was trying to like remove a lot of the jokes and was trying to like impose more of like a realistic um, look on things. He's an actor. But I, they, I think it was like six <laughs> weeks that they shot with them. So I think the majority of the movie exists with Eric Stoltz somewhere wild and he, apparently like when they reshot they really were careful with they only reshot scenes where michael j fox would be seen so there are you know there are moments where michael j fox is talking and then there's coverage of other characters and if you don't see michael j fox those characters were reacting to eric stoltz so they didn't completely oh. reshoot the movie I know, Cullen with the T. I didn't know that part, but that makes sense because it cost so much money. They had to redo right, six yeah. weeks of all that work. So I hope and like the story. This is like a this is a, a nerd story. Sorry, Mike, but the the way that they got Michael J. Fox is he had to literally shoot Family Matters during the day, and then he would get in a like a truck and sleep on the way to the other shoot till like four in the morning, and then he would sleep for a few hours, and then he'd do it again. Oh, so he basically God. shot like 20 hours yeah, a day. Yeah, it makes me sick thinking that makes about me what sick. that would have felt like. 
Yeah. Working two hours a day is too much for me. <laughs> and that's not a joke. Colin's laughing, but it's really not a joke. Like I have, I'm lucky enough that I can work for myself now and I schedule like two hours a day and I'm like, oh, (laughs) people like try and add stuff for me to do. And I'm like, I can't, I'm actually really busy, but I just got to go home. (laughs) Fuck yeah. To be clear, Evan, when I say nerd stuff, I mean like (laughs) the Rick and Morty level stuff. When you start talking about like time loop quantum theory and you're like, well, actually, sir. And also I love Rick and Morty. I just... I, I'm purely deflecting. Like, I'm really just projecting my own nerdness and my want to project my nerdness onto other people. I don't want to be a nerd, but I can't help it. But I also, like, I, I think a lot about, like, the the unspoken kind of themes of the movie. Like, I think of, like, the band that Marty McFly is kind of imposing himself on as, like, the coolest people in the story. It's like, they're just there to, like, show up and play a gig. They're getting paid to play this, like, high school fucking dance for a bunch of nerdy-ass white people to play this, like, awful music. And then, like, he gets up and he's like, oh, yeah, let's really rock it. And they're just like, yeah, what the fuck is this shit, dude? But then, like, they gotta be like, oh, this this new sound you're looking for? Like, really? The white guy has to invent black music by stealing it from the fucking black yes. guy? Like, <laughs> Two and that's on the something nose. that definitely has been explored in, in, like, YouTube videos. But, like, what has not been explored about that, like stealing Chuck Berry's music and reinventing black music like Elvis did, but like the fact that like you have to like waterfall pussy from the band to from Marty McFly to then his dad for then him to be born. It's like he had to like go and rock the house and like then divert all the attention to Crispin Glover's character with the whole fight scene and everything else that he contrives and everything. It's like basically what I'm saying is the musicians are the cool guys and even them, like even Marty McFly was just like not the cool one in the situation because like he's getting up there like as a stranger with like these guys who play regularly. And they're just like, you're only here because like one of us suffered a tragic accident to his hand at the fault of like some other like white boys like locking somebody in a trunk or something. It's like yeah. because they were like, we were trying to smoke weed in peace and you guys had to come and disrupt all their shit. It's like, <laughs> it's very typical for me. It's the weirdest gig of all yeah. time. Yeah. For Marvin Barry, yeah, it, it reminds me of the uh, the in the movie Animal House when the um, yep band plays like the frat house. It's like the same vibe. Just I guess twenty years later, but the the one the one thing I was going to say is Marty could have played the song from his own band from the audition for the his own like school. Yeah, why? But is didn't he, he had to play a good song? Yeah, why isn't he playing Huey Lewis? Yeah, and why isn't it? Dan Lewis. And he could have played Back like, in Time hey, by Huey, Huey Lewis, I mean. Yeah. My cousin Huey. <laughs> you know that new drug you're looking for? <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that that whole um yeah, there's there's uh, what was I going to say? Um you're talking about the band. I don't know what it was. Yeah, smoking weed in the car, man. That that's like like, what was the situation where somebody got in the trunk? Like, why does somebody get in the trunk to begin with? And they the had to... Biff's friends grab him and throw him in the trunk to, like, oh, okay. So he could rape his mom. Oh, of course. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Solid plan. Wow. White boy shit. <laughs> I'm going to put, I got it. Yeah, and, what yeah, if that was the, Doc Brown's idea? The, uh, <laughs> I got it, Marty. <laughs> Pretend, make them think you're raping your own mom. <laughs> That actually makes sense, Doc. There's no way you would have thought of that plan yourself. <laughs> also, what if that? What if it actually? And he only just met Doc Brown. <laughs> what if it actually worked? Like that, it actually happened the way they were intending to, and Biff never showed up, and Leah Thompson is just like 
Like, what the fuck are you doing? Because obviously he's not going to like, like what, like how far was Marty's intention to go to make Leah Thompson think that he was actually trying to sexually assault her? And then when uh, <laughs> Crispin Glover comes out and they have like the most awkward, like fake wrestling match of all time. Like, I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> I think she's just going to be like, these two guys are really fucked up. Yeah. And then they get true. married. And then and he they marries fuck. his, he fucks his dad. own dad. Hell yeah. That's the woke plot twist. No. <laughs> yeah. Back That's to the, what the liberals would make. Uh, back to the bussy. <laughs> back to the woke future. <laughs> Where we're going, we don't need woke. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, you were saying something, Mike, about the like the the neoliberal thing. One other thing I noticed both in the past and the present, the mayor like from 1955 and then the what's the Mayor Red Thomas, I think, is the old one. Both of them, they like announced their slogan, and it was like progress. They both were running on progress from like 1955 to 1985. So it's like the they they still hadn't gotten the progress thing they wanted wanted yet. True. Yeah, I also felt it was kind of you know if you see the state that is it Hill Valley is that the name of the town? Yeah, like the state of Hill Valley in 1985. Like it's really it's not a good look for. Mayor Goldie Wilson, because he's also looking for re-election, so I assume he's been been the mayor for a while. It's tough for Goldie. I just presumed it was California, even though they never say you know where it is. Yeah, like same. a m- moderately progressive, like where they could have elected a black mayor in the early nineteen eighties. That was supposed to be like a progressive thing they threw into the plot. I feel like too, but also true to form, like. You can elect the black mayor and then still nothing materially changes. You've changed the the face of the representation and what has really changed in, in practice. Yeah, we could we could say that's another really astute progressive observation on Zemeckis' part. I'll give him that. Given like his work and other movies, I don't know that he was like aiming to make any kind of progressive themed movie. I mean, I could be wrong, but just kind of what I generally know about him, I feel like this is just kind of like the... Spielberg because they they needed Spielberg basically to help make this movie too. It's like no one would take the script, no one would make the movie, and Spielberg helped them get it through. And so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you can also just be a somewhat observant, intelligent person and like recognize trends and then project those into the future. Especially if you're going to make a movie where you're saying let's project current trends into the future and say, oh, people really like money. That's like the most important thing. Well, let's have a guy who just exceeds the power by just gambling, like literally through no productive. Um, producing anything like making anything of value for anyone no like actually delivering services and goods to people just gambling just like betting on things because he has prior knowledge it's like that you can ascend to the heights of power just by gambling and to say that in like the mid 80s like when you're seeing like the rise of like the me generation the coke and financial era it's like wall street was big this is around the time of like the gordon gecko era makes sense yeah that actually gives me gives i I give chris mcglover more props now that he like tried to take a stand and make the movie less, you know, commercial at the end. That's pretty. That's one yeah. fact I didn't know. That's a. I think it would be one. better, truly, if it was. If it was, um, you know, the whole thing with the truck, it just, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't really fit. It's a weird, it's a weird ending. And Marty doesn't really have an arc when you think about it, too. Like he doesn't really no, learn anything. Like his, okay, hear me out. <laughs> the. Uh, uh, Do you guys see About Time yeah. with uh, Bill Nighy? The About Time Back to the Future crossover 
It's like not quite as much of a chick flick as about time, not quite as much of a bro classic as back to the future. And instead of getting a truck, Marty spends more time with his dad with his time machine now as a result of uh, that's what he uses for the benefit. So it's like a little more sentimental and less capitalist. I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say is like if he had had like, oh, let's go play catch in the backyard, dad. Or something. <laughs> Sorry, I stepped on you. But yeah, that would have been uh, the sen- the sentimental moment. But that's not what they wanted. They needed that. Like, and it's funny they they didn't plan a sequel when they made this. So, like, the end of this movie is kind of like just a joke. Like, haha, we actually went to the future. So I like it even better. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys have any other hidden themes? Any other like subtle things other than like the black band was like the coolest people of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> Hear me out with this. Why couldn't Marty when he was back in the future or back in the past? Why couldn't he have done some, I don't know, infiltrating of government and, uh, I don't know, got communism or something? Yeah. Why didn't he uh, Why didn't he start the Vanguard Party in 1955? I guess it's the height of the Cold War. He was kind of... Yeah, never would have come out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What else could he have done? He actual- definitely could have like snuck in an arc where he like foils the Soviet Union in some way. Like he makes some <laughs> kind of phone call or something. Like, I don't know. I'm not clever enough to think of a thing off the top of my head, but like you definitely could have snuck in an anti-communist arc for sure. But like a pro-communist one, no. no. I think like the extent of the anti-communist message you could could have got in there was what Crispin Glover did, or just like any of the like subtle um, digs at neoliberalism and like profit over all messaging. That's about as progressive as you can get for this era, I think. Yeah. What are who's the guy that did this? Zumek Zumekis. Uh, Zemeckis. Yeah. What are some of his other movies? Um, Back to the Future Two. Okay. Um, Back to Spielberg the Future involved, Three. Right? Sorry. He, he directed Forrest Gump. Yeah. Oh, he did Forrest okay. Gump. He did Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Contact, I think, too. Yeah. What's the uh, Denzel Washington airplane movie? Is it just called oh, Flight? Yeah. I love that movie. And I mean, a lot of them are, are with uh, I'm drunk right now. Spielberg, like as a producer, a lot of the time. I quote that one all the time. No reason. <laughs> and that's, that's I didn't even think about this. The fact that he did Forrest Gump. Did I? Did I just miss you say something like? Don't worry about it. It's all good. <laughs> uh, well, the fact that he did Forrest Gump makes the like the fact that he invented something all the more funny. Like that was that's like his. Even though Forrest Gump is based on a movie, I made a book. <clears throat> we all got dogs. It's cool. Are those dogs? Yeah, my dog's like scratching on the floor. Like it's what's that? What kind of dog is it? It is a dog, yeah. It's like a little sheep dog. Oh my god. We have four dogs because we're fucking idiots. If anyone ever wants to get four dogs, I have four don't dogs. do it. Do you really? Yeah. Why don't we talk about this? How many I'm dogs? One, of my dogs my one of my dogs died and I still have four dogs. Oh my god. <laughs> I have two dogs, so I feel i I'm in the Oh, we the have lower four dogs dog. and two cats because we're fucking stupid. It's awful. <laughs> Our life is a nightmare. <laughs> speaking, speaking of like the dog, apparently this is a funny note that I just learned is like the the scene at the beginning when Einstein's uh, when Doc's dog goes into the the time machine for the first test. Apparently, when they screened this as like the before it was released, they didn't tell people it was a comedy, and everyone thought like the dog was gonna like blow up or die <laughs> oh or something horrific God. because they didn't realize. <laughs> I thought that was a great note. <laughs> Honestly, when I was watching it last night, um, I've seen this movie several times, but I just wipe it from my brain because it's just not, (laughs) 
I feel like I'm going to get like beat up. Like somebody's going to come to my house and beat my ass. Some nerd is going to come to my house and beat my ass and be like, why were you on this podcast if you don't even like the subject material? Well, because my husband does and I support him, but I, I like forget every time I see this movie, I forget what happens in it. Um, where was I going with this? <laughs> Please edit this out. <laughs> Uh, I think you were going to talk about the dog. <laughs> oh, I was scared. Though. Yes, I was scared for the dog. I like whenever they whisked him away in the car, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely going to die. But then he came back untouched. When the car came back frozen, I was like, he fucking froze to death. Great. But no, <laughs> he he was alive. That's my story. Thank you so Is much. Is that because like of the plutonium that it gets really cold? Like I don't, I'm not a chemist, but I don't understand. The, like the later I'm not a time traveler, new- so yeah, <laughs> I don't, don't ask understand us. either. And the thing is, is it doesn't do that any <laughs> other time. Cool. It goes back or back or bit bit bit. If it goes <laughs> to the past or to the future, it's never frozen again. It was just that first time, I guess. Well, I just assume that in like the later version when they have the like the it doesn't use plutonium it uses food or whatever <laughs> yeah it's like a composting machine Hell yeah. yeah it, it part of me wants to like talk about how like the second one's vision of the future but save that for for another for another time <laughs> it another holds episode. up episode but yeah I, I just think it's funny the way that they like the problems that they've solved with the future are like not the ones that they should have been solving yeah, some of those questions are where we actually should have had some representation from the Rick and Morty style nerds for these movies. Like, we should have asked a, a someone who like really dives into the lore, like why it's either consistent or inconsistent, why time travel somehow freezes the outside of the car. Because he does say like he needed a DeLorean because it has the all metal exterior, and it looks cool. Um, it does look cool, and it's like he says something about the cosmetic nature of it. But like, yeah, it gets cold. But like, I'd never noticed until you just pointed out that it doesn't get cold any other times. That's the only time it freezes. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. There are some other like random facts about this movie that I thought were funny, but I can't remember any of like the good ones at the moment. Uh, do you plan on doing uh, the other sequels? Yeah, I think we need to do the other ones. Do you happen to remember, Evan? Who was it that recently pointed out on one of your other episodes that the trope of like Rube Goldberg machines that make breakfast in the eighties that just don't happen anymore in movies, and like they were definitely a thing that happened all the time. Man, that I think that was on the. Brazil episode? Okay, yeah. You need to listen to that. I think it one. was um, Chris may have said that. I think. Yeah, that's definitely a thing. Like, and until he said that, I was like, "Wow!" Like, I've seen that in a bunch of movies, and like, you do not see it anymore. Like Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh yeah, it's a weird thing. Bring it back. Oh. Bring it back, bitch. There's yeah. honestly that first few minutes with all the clocks and the machines going. It there's nothing done. cozier to me than the, the first like five minutes of this. The movie. clocks, yeah. <laughs> And the model too, when they what have the I, what little I was model too, the, is they show like all of uh, what's that? The model scene too, whenever he's doing the exposition of like, here's what we're gonna do to get the electricity to the thing. Oh, I can yeah. watch that scene every day. Clint. <laughs> he's so like, I didn't have time to put it, make it to scale, or paint it. <laughs> <laughs> Why did he need to make the model to begin with? Because it's cool. Also, I, the 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 I'll say like the biggest kind of thing that, that everyone always asks Semeskis about the movie not making sense is how did his parents not remember meeting him <gasps> like later yeah. when they had yeah. a child that looked <gasps> like him oh yeah dude. and oh apparently their explanation was is that it was 30 years ago they only saw him for a couple days when they were 17 like would you remember something when you were 17 yes. that's when they fell in love you know. that's when they fell in love what the fuck and he had 
And weird... also to name your kid after him. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they did name the kid after him. Oh my god, that's fucked. <laughs> they should have named him Calvin Klein. That's yes. Yeah. Yes. And then you know the thing with the kids in the sequel too, which I know you you'll probably talk about the sequel, but I'm just now thinking. Did they need to go into the future to stop his son from getting arrested? Or could he just say, like, hey, Marty, by the way, maybe this week in 2000, whatever, just go on vacation or something and bring the family with him. That's true. It's bullshit. It's These bullshit. movies are bullshit. It would have a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, fuck this. This trilogy, This is the worst trilogy fuck of all time. <laughs> they need to let Everyone. us make the fourth one. That's right. Well, I, I saw that Zemeckis owns the rights to the movie, so he says as long as he's alive, they will not make a remake of these. <laughs> so as soon as he dies, they're going to make like Back to the Future oh, Part yeah, Four. Oh yeah, definitely. All right, how old is Zemeckis? Seventy-one. Okay, is he married? Mm. I, we could do. I'll divorce Cullen. We'll do an Anna Nicole Smith type situation. I he is. We'll wait till he dies. I'll inherit the rights. We make the fourth movie. Thank you. Deal. They go back to the Bolshevik Revolution. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Where they do something else. I don't know. No, that's perfect. <laughs> the, the uh, yeah. The, the I mean, the, the, yeah. I think you say before, Mike, because I like the second one, like somehow holds like a, a place in my heart for the just all the futury stuff. But this one, I think, is like the better. Yeah, this one, the better movie. It's definitely the, the better made movie. I think the third one's pretty strong, too. Um, but I love all of them, even with how ridiculous the second one is, just because, like you said, as a kid, like all the futuristic stuff. I mean, there's flying cars. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is another. Why were his brother and sister there when he returned back to his 1985? Like, if they were like successful, why were they living at their parents' house? The guy had like a nice True. suit on and everything. Ooh. Why were they having breakfast there? Yeah, that's you know the whole like this is this is stupid shit. Yeah, stupid question. The capitalist like wet dream of it too. It's like they still live in the same neighborhood. Like it's they're really reaching to be like oh he's they like this rich door. and successful. Like just. Yeah, it should have just focused on, like, he's seeing his parents happy for the first time. Or, like, oh, I understand. I understand my parents now. And then they were so, like, alien to me. Like Crispin Glover wanted. See, the like first Crispin time they were wanted. Like, yeah. Release the Crispin cut. Yes. They were, like, weak fail kids the first time, though. Like, failed. the first time it was bad. And they, like, were staying at home because they didn't have any prospects. But the second time... They were staying at home because they were banking all the money from their gigs and their side gigs. And they also had they had houses, but they were renting those out because they were Chad landlords. That's yes. that's why they were home. Like okay. it's, it's totally different. Still at home. So they invented Airbnb is what you're saying. Exactly, yeah. Fuckers. <laughs> yeah, the, like the thing with the like brother and sister, I feel like isn't like is kind of like throwaway. Like the only interesting part is like the picture that he has that you know they're disappearing and so the whole the whole thing, yeah. That, it is actually amazing, though, that there are really only, what, six characters in this movie? Five? The parents, Marty, yeah, Doc, and uh, Biff. Really? And then you have the sister and brother, like, briefly. Yeah. The principal. The Libyans. Slacker. The Libyans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, with Strickland. Yeah. I like the the scene with Strickland in the sequel, the second movie. I love that one. Where he's just <laughs> shooting off the gun. <laughs> That's see see that's the thing where you talk about like the neoliberal hell with like them making Biff after like Donald Trump in the second one like that's that's the neoliberal hell that this is uh, trending towards right yeah and the woke take is that Strickland is gay coded I don't know why <laughs> I 
I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. I, don't know. I think it makes sense. <laughs> That's gonna end up picking up steam on the right. <laughs> well, he's not ma- like in the sec in the second one. They don't show him like with a wife like on the porch. Never. You know? Yeah. Hairless, totally hairless, smooth. You know, he's he's really like critical of Doc Brown. So maybe maybe they had there was a relationship there. There's some tension. Oh, yeah. Maybe Einstein's his dog and he took him or something. I don't know. Custody battle. He got him. Could be. Yep. Could be. Also, one of the things that's just like now occurring to me as we're like, hope, I don't know if we're getting close to wrapping it up, but like sort of something that's like occurring to me is like the restraint that you have to show if you make any kind of time travel movie. Because if I made a movie or any kind of creative project about any of the different scenarios that I daydream about on a daily basis, to be able to hold back like every possible situation I can envision, like that would be very difficult to make like an actual entertaining narrative that follows like a plot structure of a movie or something like that'd be really difficult because I have all these kinds of different scenarios that I think about all the time, time travel being one of the many. Um, but yeah, it's actually really difficult to make like a real narrative out of that, I think, because especially when you have so many characters, like you're saying, like I have all these brother and sister character, they totally could have used them. I had like a whole side plot where they like do some kind of different things with their newfound future. But it's like, all they do is like have a little more success, you know? Yeah. We don't, we don't know if uncle Joey got out of, didn't go to prison, True. right? They had that Nothing like multiple jokes about him being in prison. <laughs> he could have been Lennon. <laughs> could have been. Instead he's locked in the prison industrial <laughs> complex. Do you all know about the uh, original <laughs> ending? The original scripted ending. No, it was uh, instead of using the whole yeah, instead of using the the lightning plot device, they were going to have a whole scene where they broke into a nuclear power plant, and there was going to be a big like a, atomic um, bomb situation. Um, and the uh, the time machine was originally a um, made out of a refrigerator instead of a DeLorean in the original yeah. draft of the script. Um, and if you notice, Steven Spielberg used both of those elements, um, in the opening of Indiana Jones four with an atomic bomb going off and hiding in the refrigerator. It would have been interesting if they had done the atomic bomb because what, like a year later was Chernobyl. True. I don't know if those have any correlation, but it would have been. That would have spawned some conspiracy theories. Oh yeah. Like Kubrick style conspiracy theories for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Roger, Roger Zemeckis had like sabotaged Chernobyl. From the future. <laughs> no, he just he knew about some secrets because obviously the CIA was involved in plot in like no script notes on Back to the Future. So of course they told him that Chernobyl was going to blow up in the future because they were already sabotaging it. And so then he would plant that in people's minds. Yeah, it makes total sense. The conspiracy is already there. It's done. Yep. Just post it on Reddit and we get, we're done. Yes. We're done here. Uh in fact that's a conspiracy. They nixed it at the last moment because they thought it would be too obvious, so then they went with the lightning. Well, I feel like the nuke, the nuke would have, they would have had to change how many gigawatts it was because I'm sure the nuke is probably way more. I don't know. Or I guess they're just using the, the plutonium. They're not using. Yeah. I, I also, one, one of my favorite lines is when Doc is, uh, what he's saying, like, oh, you just need plutonium. He's like, oh, I'm sure in 1985 you can just go to a store and buy plutonium. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that, uh, it just gives me a, it gave me a chuckle. I'm like, oh, yeah. Let's go buy some plutonium next to like the Viagra section or something. <laughs> If they remake Back to the Future now and he puts trash in there, there's definitely going to be an energy drink that he dumps into it when he says, but we don't need roads, like, Surge. rather than a banana Surge. peel, it's going to be, like, yeah, monster. <laughs> was that the green, the green bottle or a Jolt Cola, maybe? Surge was Bang. the green, yeah. It was, like, green with, like, red. Yeah. 
I don't know, lightning bolts. Hell yeah. Yeah. Or they could they could make they can make a universe out of idiocracy and use what's the drink they have in that? Uh oh yeah. Oh shit. Oh. I don't remember though. Something with electrolytes. I know they yeah. were important. Yeah. <laughs> it's not with it's electrolytes. Some sort of Gatorade pun. God. I have to look it up because Bro oh, Brondo. <laughs> Brondo. That's what it was, yeah. So what makes this movie so good is that all the actors performances are good the script is good the plot is good minus like little inconsistencies it's funny it's clever there weren't really many time travel movies like this at the time i feel like it uh was a whole new thing so it's a banger yeah. it's a nice light-hearted romp yeah only rivaled by time cop Hell the greatest yeah. time travel movie of all time is time cop the jcvd oh yeah nice the mullet era i've never seen time cop I've seen a lot of you seen Time Cop? because <laughs> Cullen did at the beginning. So before VHS Action Rewind, he he originally started that page to do like he was bored at the beginning of COVID. So he was going to watch a Jean-Claude movie every night and then review it. And so it started off as like a Jean-Claude tribute page. And then he got into like collecting VHSs. Um and then it just snow snowballed. Yeah. I watched I started at the beginning of his filmography and I watched a movie every single night. Well, he has so many movies. He has a oh, lot. So many. There's I watched I watched thirty one movies and I, I don't even think I got to the halfway mark. But time was Cop he in the movie Time Out, like the hockey movie? What is it? Was that John Claude Van Damme? Time, time was it Time Out where it's like a hockey explosion or something? Uh is that a John Claude Van Damme movie? There uh Sudden Death is the is the Die Hard ripoff? Oh, sudden it's, death. That's it. Is that a hockey game? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, I got the name wrong. What were you saying, Mike? I'm just kind of blown away. I thought that they had started VHS. VHS Action Rewind like way before COVID. Like, no. Yeah, I'm, it was just like a COVID way for me to not go completely insane. Wow, the last few years are such a blur, man. I can't believe that was <laughs> that recent. It just feels like it was like five years ago that you were doing that. Like, yeah. I mean, it was kind of like three. I don't think we've recorded anything in like two years. Yeah. Um, we need to start doing that again. That was really fun. Yeah. Maybe if everybody claps their hands. If everyone well, sends us encouraging messages, you might get a video. Yeah. You clap your hands. We'll come back like Tinkerbell. Yes. <laughs> Nothing. Super crickets. <laughs> No, I was, I, was, I was enamored by the excited. Uh, by the cover double team, the Dennis Rodman, John Clon Van Damme movie that's from my like the mid nineties. I can't cover. believe it they're, exists. They're saved by Coca Cola. God, <laughs> like I think Mickey. I think Mickey Rourke is in that too. I feel like it has like a pretty sick cast. I mean, I can't believe yeah. Dennis Rodman did a couple movies. Just yeah, but yeah, no, Same I love seems. a good eighties action movie. I don't love a good eighties action movie. <laughs> The movie that I haven't done yet is uh, Total Recall, which I need to do. It's been on my list since the beginning. And one of my first episodes, RoboCop, and the person who was on, a friend of mine, he's been like, oh, yeah, we got to do all the uh, the Verhoeven movies. And I did Starship Troops without him, and he was like kind of mad, I think. <laughs> so he didn't actually say that. He probably wasn't mad. But I felt bad. So now I'm like, I got to promise him Total Recall. Did you? Okay. You... Or Basic Instinct. Ooh. You know, okay, you know, whenever in... Is it RoboCop when he says bitches leave? Yeah. 
Okay. You know, whenever he's like, bitches leave. Colin and I say that to each other all the time. But do you know the lore behind that? No, I don't. And I, I, this is like one of my favorite movies. I didn't, I don't know. Um, a Cullen will <laughs> tell you all about it. <laughs> so Verhoeven misunderstood and thought bitches was a term of endearment. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he thought it was like, like, excuse me, ladies, like that sort of a thing. So that's why it's in the script. What? But yes. apparently when they were filming the scene, because he thought it was like a term, like, a kind thing to say <laughs> the two women that were acting in the scene he kept being like okay so bitches so the bitches are gonna be over here and then bitches you come over here i don't believe that paul knew during that evening that bitches was a pejorative term for females we were getting ready to do the scene and so we were kind of blocking it out and paul says yeah then yeah, what says, bitches leave, then the bitches leave, uh, and bitches, uh, then you leave when he says that. And um, then he says, no, wait, bitches, don't leave, wait. Um, Jost, what do you think? Uh, should uh, bitches leave when he says, bitches leave, or should they wait for him to make a motion? He always goes, mm, the bitches should leave. Yeah, bitches. Bitches, you leave for... <laughs> Miguel and I are just sitting there cracking up. And the bitches, they, they didn't seem to have a problem with it at all. You know, they were like, okay, fine, sure. Very good. Thank you, bitches. Very good. That's a wrap on the bitches. Thank you very much, bitches. How you doing? Uh, uh, uh. Bitches, leave. Uh. Gee, Poppy. Bye. Um... <laughs> And no one corrected. Do it. No. Oh my god! This, this. Oh my god! What's funny is like I I I remember joking that like if I could pick like an act like a director or someone to like come on as like a guest, I feel like Paul Verhoeven would just be a fun person to talk. Just because yeah. his movies are all just so good and just yeah. like end to end, just great catalog of movies, especially like you know Total, Total Recall, RoboCop, Starship Troopers, is, you know, all those I could say are my favorite, but. He'd be, I bet he'd be a funny guy to talk to, and you'd just have to ask him to tell that story. I'd be like, oh, so you think bitches aren't, aren't are good people? <laughs> have you seen you the new uh, documentary? That, I think it just came out like a month a month ago on RoboCop. It's called. I haven't yet. It's been, I've been meaning to. Though. Yeah, it's RoboDoc. It's it's re- it's really good. It's like four hours long, but they they cover some things I had never heard of before. Just. It was pretty cool. Interesting. Is that is that what this is that where this story came from? Yeah, I I had heard that before, but they they do mention it and the they interview the um actresses that were there on the day and they talk about him just referring to them as bitches all day. <laughs> yeah, I have to watch that. I, I could easily spend four hours learning about Robocop. That would be that sounds like a great time. Um Yeah, and there's like there's a bunch of documentaries on this on Back to the Future. There's all the deleted scenes. I think I have like the twentieth and the 15, I don't know, 20, 25th anniversary Blu-rays, and I just stopped buy, buying them because you can just get the extra shit online if you want to or download them in quotation marks somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, I got I got nothing else on Back to the Future, but I'll plenty to say about the sequels. We'll have to do the, the sequels. Yeah. I have not seen I'd three, and I didn't know that it existed. So um, Ooh, yeah, three's good. Okay. I like three. I like can't even... Like you mentioning like a, a Western, I can't even picture it. 
Um, so yeah, I would be excited I mean, to Mayor watch Mayor Steenburgen's character is probably one of the best in the whole series. Like if there is a feminist character, it's, it's hers. Like she makes it out to the wild west on her own, um, doing her own thing, still attaches herself to a man and needs a lot of protection to help along the way. But like, is the closest thing to like an independent woman you get in the whole fucking trilogy. Okay. Like, That's true. I'm going to cut that from this part and I'll play that in that episode. Hell yeah. I'm just kidding. I won't do that. <laughs> but it's true. Do you want, bro. It's your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it was like perfectly, uh, perfectly uh, mentioning or you can just repeat it. You can uh, re- restate it in uh third one. Yeah. I don't know. I know. I, I, I just missed the Inverton. She's so pretty. What? She's lovely. Who is it? She's, she's very pretty. Mary Steenburgen, right? The woman from uh, Step Brothers. Oh, yes. I do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She's got like a unique hotness. Um, she's she, she would just be like hot for like the majority of her life, which like most people are unable to yes, do. Yes. Th- that's a really good description is that she's just like always hot. Yeah. And Step Brothers and this came out like 35 years apart. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Probably what, 2010 and 1985? So, or no, I guess the sequel came out in 1990. Parting Back to the Future words. Um, no, I think I, I, I wish we could see the version where he fucks his dad. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think that's the lesson I've learned on this podcast. Well, it's much better than my, I was going to say aspire to be dudes in the band who just lay in the back and smoke weed on the brakes rather than like the white boy who tries to steal the show. Uh, Yeah. But uh, no, I like Cullen's better. That's better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you could also maybe make the case that Biff himself was like repressed in some sense. And that's his, uh, you know, why he's, yeah, yeah. Why he's like doing masculinity to the extreme. Especially when he's try hard Biff. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like the Donald Trump version in the in the sequel where he's he's just Donald Trump. Yeah. You know, Mike, you can tell everyone I you've been on before, but you can tell everyone about Turn Leftist too. Oh yeah, I mean check out Turn Leftist Podcast. I actually am trying to release some regular episodes, so usually like collabs with other people or live episodes, but um I plan on bringing Caitlin Cullen out of retirement to record some probably Patreon episodes on Operation Gladio again. Um, I felt so bad doing like literal psychological damage to them when we recorded like yeah. three episodes on Operation Gladio before. My f- sorry, you guys, no, but, um, my I'm glad I'm glad I know. I feel like it made me a better communist knowing about it um, because it is like so fucking crazy. Like it's one of those things that like I knew about Operation Paperclip, and then like you learn about Operation Gladio, and it's like, are you? fucking kidding me like it's just so crazy um i was actually recommending it to my friends today because they were like we're gonna go listen to con pod and i was like actually you should listen to like the operation gladio episode with turn left it is fucking depressing but i it's really important like i everyone should know about it um yeah i would like to record like a bunch of like a bunch more cia op episodes I feel like that's um Yeah, but that's all to say like that's why I was like kind of quiet when you guys were saying like clap and you can bring us out of like our our silence like because I was already trying to do that. Like I want to record with you guys. I have some ideas in the works uh Operation Gladio being one of them because I feel like it's more relevant nowadays as our government is arming and funding a lot more Nazis in Europe and being kind of 
overt about it and yeah. people are just like not finding that weird yeah. and not kind of seeing any connections to history. So if anybody's interested, uh, definitely subscribe to our Patreon if you want to. Um, I also just noticed that like Patreon changed their whole layout and like I posted an episode to there and I tried to make it just like for subscribers only. And it said like, well, first you have to make a tier, which I have never done because our Patreon has always been like a dollar a month and you get everything. Five dollars a month, you get the exact same things because we're communists and we're bad at business. <laughs> but um, that's just how it works for our Patreon. If you give us any money, it's not going to any of us personally, any of the hosts. It goes to our people who the people who write our notes and help us with editing. Uh, we just give all the money to them. And we donate our time. And I'm like, literally, <laughs> the Patreon is $1,000 in debt to me because I just keep paying these people. We keep making episodes and then I keep not releasing them because I'm so OCD about these episodes and not good enough and up to my standards. So sooner or later, you guys are going to get a whole bunch of fucking clip episodes, right? Because cut like usable parts of episodes that have not been released. And you're going to get a whole bunch of like best of parts. But until then, just deal with like not getting some stuff and then probably getting some stuff in a little bit. It's all to say, like, check out my podcast, but more importantly, check out Keelan's Conspiracy Corner. Well, yeah, we record, we like to do like a marathon recording, like once a year. Yeah. Um, we'll record like three episodes. And then Cullen will stress and stress <laughs> for months. And I'll be like, you have to. It's the bipolar to. style. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you have to edit it, please. You're tearing this relationship <laughs> apart. And then finally he'll edit them. <laughs> And then they come out all at once. And then they come out all at once. And then and you got to wait another year. You got to wait another year. Yeah. yeah. But they're really good. So, um, yeah. yeah. And they're like more lighthearted conspiracies. So it's not as like you, you know, you won't feel so bad after those episodes. Yeah. And if uh, to the one person on our Patreon who is Mike, Mike yeah. um, I'm sorry that you're also not getting the perks. <laughs> I know we owe you lots of feet pics. We owe you a lot of feet pics. We owe you a lot of mozzarella stick reviews. Listen, <laughs> we, <laughs> I just I listened to the, like a couple down. of the of your reasons. I didn't know you had a podcast until Mike mentioned it. Like what, like a week ago or two weeks ago yeah we were doing another episode i forget yeah and i was listening to the some of the recent ones the uh, flat earth and um i don't remember the other one yeah, i don't know what our recent <laughs> ones. like i really like the, the feet, um, recent feet, i kept hearing like the thing about the feet pics yeah um yeah operation I, wash tub with you mike i think oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah one. and we'll release like turn leftist ones on ours just so we look like we <laughs> record we more than we do um but yeah i think you know we have no i like the veiled prophet one that's my favorite that's a really good one because it's like st louis based um yeah uh shannon is like She's the best one about being like, guys, let's record. And then I'm like, yes, I really want to. And then we don't say anything. <laughs> but like Zach is super busy. He's he's got like a full time job and becoming an audio engineer, like going to school. Um, so he's always busy. Yeah. And Mark, who knows what he's doing? Um, he's a college professor. But uh, yeah, he's yeah. just we're like, Mark, be there at this time. And he's like, okay. And he shows up and he doesn't have a shirt on. He's in a dark room <laughs> on his phone, <laughs> sounding muffled. It's too busy getting confused. laid. Confused. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our podcast. I hope that we've sold it to you and you listen to it. And join our Patreon so Mike yeah, isn't is lonely. <laughs> no, it's it's very it's very funny. It's uh I, I was thoroughly entertained and would be, be happy to hear more uh, more content. And uh, 
We have yeah. a couple and you could, things in like the backlog <laughs> that we need to edit. That's where I'm kind of at now is I have a bunch that I have done that I need to edit to and I just keep recording them and being like, okay, well, now I need to edit them. And then I have more of them and stack them up. Eventually, I just have to do it because I get like very anxious if I don't do it. Yeah. I make myself. Editing sounds awful. We, so. That's the reason that, like, it's the worst. We stopped doing VHS Action Rewind because, like, I'm not going to learn to edit. That <laughs> would be insane. Um, so Cullen has to do it, but he also works a lot. So it's me working my two hours a day and then refusing to learn how to edit and making Cullen do it. And it's just, it's too much. And, like, video editing looks like I've watched Colin do it, it looks like a fucking nightmare so I really love doing VHS action rewind but I yeah it's it's hard yeah but they're you know there's they're still out there you can go check them out yeah you can listen to this podcast wherever podcasts are available just like all of podcasts I mean that's kind of pretty self-explanatory and you can subscribe follow follow Instagram we will uh, catch you next time 